Welcome to God's Favourite Shepherds, a collection of 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters, with many of the stories ending with a short quiz. Listen now to the author of God's Favourite Shepherds, Bill Ackland. Today's story is entitled, Not a True Prophet. Prophesying Against His Will. The story is based on the books of Numbers, chapters 22 and 31, Deuteronomy chapter 23, Micah 6, 2 Peter 2 and Revelation 2. My name is Shazu, a prince of Moab. I lived in the time when a people known as the children of Israel had come into the region of our country where our nation had settled hundreds of years before. It was a frightening time for us. This Israel had many amazing experiences on their way from Egypt, where they had been kept as slaves for over 200 years. Worse for us was the fact that they had inflicted a devastating defeat on the powerful Amorites, a nation whose territory was near ours. Our king, Balak, decided that something drastic had to be done to try to ensure that our army was not wiped out by the advancing Israel hordes. He had heard of a prophet of sorts who lived at Pithor, close to the great river Euphrates, but quite some distance from us. A deputation was sent to entice this man, Balaam, to use his powers to place a curse on Israel. King Balak thought this would stop Israel in their tracks and ensure our safety from this vast multitude. So we set off on our way to Pithor, taking with us many gifts that we were sure Balaam could not refuse. Then he would do what we had wanted him to do, curse Israel. About two weeks later, we arrived at Balaam's home. We told him why we were there. We could see that he desired the gifts we had brought him. Then after we had rested for the night, the first thing we said in the morning surprised us. No, shocked us. Seemingly ignoring our costly gifts, he told us to go back to our king as, and I will quote his words, the Lord has not given me permission to go with you. King Balak's response was to send even higher ranked princes with other officials to try to entice Balaam to do what he wanted him to do, promising him great honours and riches. To our surprise, Balaam decided to go with us. He told us he would speak only what God allowed him to say. We suspected that Balaam's God would not be happy that Balaam really wanted to go with us. We could see that he wanted our costly gifts, but still realised he could not curse Israel if God did not permit him to. On the way to our country, an inexplicable thing happened. Balaam's donkey, quite out of character, suddenly turned off the road and headed into a nearby field. This made Balaam very cross, so he struck the donkey several times, directing it back onto the road. Then an even more amazing thing happened. It appeared that the donkey saw a vision of an angel ahead, causing it to suddenly lean against a wall where he, the road became a narrow pathway and crushing Balaam's foot. This made Balaam extremely angry, 
So he beat the poor donkey very severely. Very soon, the donkey must have seen the angel again, for she fell down to the ground, dislodging her cantankerous master from his seat, resulting in another beating of this poor animal. Then something happened that had never happened before, as far as I am aware. The donkey spoke to Balaam in human language, protesting that he had beaten her three times. Balaam replied, seemingly ignoring the amazing fact that his donkey had actually spoken to him, saying that he had beaten her because she had made a fool of him and caused him great embarrassment. The donkey responded by saying that she had always obeyed her master and carried him wherever he wanted to go and had never done anything like this before. To that, Balaam had to agree. It was then that Balaam saw the angel of the Lord who reprimanded him severely for the way he had treated his innocent animal. He added that if the donkey had not done what it had done, Balaam would already have been killed. This brought Balaam to his senses, so he acknowledged that he had sinned and asked permission to turn back to his home. The angel, however, had other plans for Balaam, so told him to go on his way with the entourage from Moab, but that Balaam would only be able to speak what the Lord told him to say. When the party finally arrived at Moab's chief city beside the Ammon River and appeared before Balak, the king told Balaam, in no uncertain terms, that he was unhappy that he had declined his offers of wealth the first time. Well, Balaam replied, I am here now, but don't forget that I cannot say anything I like. I can only say the words God puts into my mouth. Then commenced a series of attempts by King Balak to have Balaam to curse Israel. Several altars were built in different locations on the high country above where Israel was camped. Many animals were sacrificed, but this seemed to make no difference, for Balaam certainly did not curse Israel. He said things like, How can I curse the people God has not cursed? And, I want to die as a righteous man would die. At another altar he said, God has told me to bless, and who am I to countermand what God says? Even more frightening for us was his statement, The great God is with Israel, and shouts of praise are heard in his honour. At still another altar, Balaam's God put these words into his mouth, How lovely are the dwellings of all Israel, and the one who blesses you is blessed, but the one who curses you will be cursed. Between the sacrifices and the blessing on Israel, our king Balak was consumed with anger. He had wanted curses rain down on Israel, certainly not blessings. But Balaam wasn't finished. Yet another blessing was pronounced on Israel, even more wonderful and mysterious than before, that we did not understand. He seemed to be looking far into the future when he said, I see him, but not just yet. I behold him, but still far away. A star shall arise out of Jacob, and a king shall come out of Israel. I cannot recall much else of what he said, but those last words are still ringing in my ears, 
long after these strange events, even after Balaam himself was killed in a battle when Israel had overcome the Midianites. I have often pondered on why Balaam was not able to curse Israel as we had enticed him to do. And how wonderful is Israel's God, who had done and is still doing more amazing things for them in the victories they have gained right throughout the land of Canaan. I cannot dismiss the thought that their God must have some grand purpose for his people, not just in the immediate future, but also in the time far distant, when a star shall arise out of Jacob and a king shall come out of Israel. I, Shazu, shall think deeply on these things. You've been listening to God's Favoured Shepherds, a book with 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters. If you have any comments or questions, or to obtain a copy of this book, give us a call within Australia on 02-4973-3456 or send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you. 